You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So yet another extension of the eviction moratorium by the CDC, even though the Supreme Court said, yeah, that's probably a no-go. Not probably, it's a no-go. But, you know, we're just throwing out things now and seeing what sticks and wasn't what doesn't stick, even though it's probably not legal. Here we sit. So another eviction moratorium puts the backbone of rental housing at risk, industry leader says. What's the backbone? Backbone is something I've been talking about a long time, which is mom and pop owners of real estate who rent their units out. So many of the knuckleheads who are in city official positions, maybe a city council, they think that this is all about big corporate ownership of rental properties. That couldn't be further from the truth. So one to 10 units, 85% of those are owned by mom and pop type operators. They're not big. They own one to 10 units. Most of rental housing stock in the United States is owned by that. Big apartment complexes, yeah, those are owned by those are owned by a lot of corporate America. You've got, you know, insurance companies, REITs, all kinds of stuff. But the mom and pop landlords, they're the ones that are getting hammered by these eviction moratoriums because they don't have the financial resources to go a year without getting paid while they're still making their mortgage, they're paying their taxes, paying their insurance, paying upkeep, all kinds of crazy stuff. This shouldn't be happening, but it is. So the National Associate, National Apartment Association is suing the federal government to recover the industry's losses. There's $47 billion out there. $3 billion of it has been distributed, less than like around 6%. $3 billion has been distributed. We're still waiting for the rest of that hard Fed cash to hit the state governments and local governments and actually get into the hands of mom and pop landlords who need this relief because they've been covering this one side of this equation for over a year now for up to a close to a year. The first one happened in September. Here we are. It's, it, it's a mind boggling social experiment to me. That's what we're reading about today. Got a couple of good articles. Um, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I own a real estate brokerage, Summit Properties Northwest, and an appraisal company, Reynolds and Klein Appraisal. Let's, but more importantly, I read the news. Let's do that. Let's not chat anymore about this other stuff. Bob Pinnegar, the president and CEO of the National Association, National Apartment Association, the NAAA, argued on Cavuto Coast to Coast on Thursday that the backbone of the nation's rental housing stock is at risk with the latest eviction moratorium. It's not at risk, it's already happening. And you're going to see more and more mom and pop landlords sell their units, at least one, maybe two, depending on what they have, to recoup some of the losses that they're never going to see from this moratorium. Plus, they've got some pretty good equity in these properties. Maybe it's time to check out. Maybe it's time to retire. And if you've dealt with, for, with a property for a year, just about a year where somebody hasn't paid and you've been making all those payments and you get the opportunity to sell it, you're going to maybe take a hard thought about doing just that, right? Selling. And then what happens to the supply of your rental housing units? Does it go up? Mm, 
No, it does not, does it? It constricts, it gets smaller. When we do that, what happens to rental prices? What happens to the amount of rent that tenants, tenants pay? You got it, it goes through the roof. And that's about what we're about to see. So Pinnegar was referring to independent rental owners who own a building with one to four units, which he noted is more than half of America's housing stock, 53%, one to four units, 85%, one to 10 units. Over half one to four units owned mom and pop, mom and pop. Last week, the NAA filed a lawsuit in the U.S. Court of Federal Claims to recover damages on behalf of rental housing providers that have suffered severe economic losses under the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the CDC. They didn't even have the authority to do this in the first place, and here they are out there doing it again, and that's you know based on the Supreme Court. They didn't have the authority to do it in the first place, and yet here we are again with another extension. It's like... All right, so we've got a lawsuit to recover damages on behalf of rental housing providers that have suffered severe economic losses under the CDC, their overreaching federal eviction moratorium, according to a news release. The association, which claims to be the first to take legal action seeking compensation for the policy, argues that the federal eviction moratorium jeopardizes the long-term viability got to get to my article here, it just keeps moving, um, jeopardizes the long term viability of housing infrastructure, and sets a dangerous precedent for future disaster response measures. Yeah, if you are a landlord, and you have gone through this past year, not knowing when you're going to be able to control your own asset, you might think about not owning that asset class down the road. Hey, if I can get out and make some money, I'm going to go look at investing in anything else. The hard problem is a lot of these owners have bought a long time ago and they've got some good cash flow. Maybe they're close to paying these properties off. They're doing well. And appreciation has served them very, very well. But not knowing if you're going to be able to chart, if you're going to be able to kick somebody out that's not paying you rent, that's a hard, hard no-go. In investment 101, if this came up, your investment advisor would say, oh, don't buy that. And I think that's what you're going to see down the road here. The lawsuit comes after President Biden initially balked at extending the eviction moratorium on his own. He said he couldn't do it. He said his hands were tied. He said the CDC didn't have the legal authority to do it. He was right. And what did they do? They just extended it out again to buy themselves some time, possibly illegally. He cited an opinion by Justice Brett Kavanaugh from June saying any further extensions of the moratorium would have to be done by Congress. But Congress couldn't get its act together. They couldn't get their rear end gear. They left for vacation. And here we are with another extension. Crazy. But Congress did not have the votes to extend the moratorium. Shocking. And after intense political pressure from the left wing of his party, Biden said that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention would move ahead with a new eviction ban, despite significant legal concerns. It's kind of like, if you go to rob a bank, do you have some legal concerns about possibly getting arrested? Are you breaking the law? Yeah, because you know you're breaking the law. Same thing here. 
we've got significant legal concerns. This may, this may not pass the muster test, right? This may not pass muster because we've already had a ruling. CDC was beyond its ability to do so. And here we are again with another eviction moratorium. That's just, you know, we're not really concerned about with laws anymore, with legality anymore. We're just going to throw this out there and just just see how this goes. Sorry about that being up. That shouldn't have been up. That should have been closed. Let's close that. But Congress did not have the votes to extend the moratorium. The bulk of the scholars say it is not likely to pass a constitutional muster, the president himself said on Tuesday, just a few days ago. I checked in with my scholars and they indicated this is probably a no-go, but we're going to try it anyway. We're just going to see how this goes. And, you know, that whole legality thing, ah, it's, you know, we're just, we're just going to run this up the flagpole and see what happens. They're buying themselves times because they can't figure out how to get money into the people that need it. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Wednesday, however, that the White House does not believe most Americans care whether or not the president's policies are legal. Hmm. Noting that Biden is going to do everything in his power to make sure that they can stay in their homes as long as possible, whether it's legal or not. That's what we're saying. Hey, it doesn't matter if it's legal. If we just think it is or it should be, never mind the law, never mind the law. We're just going to do that. And the landlords are, are going, uh, what? Excuse me? You're extending this out again? How does this work? And this is what the sixth extension, something like that. It's been extended out a bunch. And you've got state and local governments extending this left and right. And here in Seattle, I think we're out to either September or October you're going to see some rent go up. I don't care who you are or where you are. (laughs) It's going to be, and people are going to go, we didn't know that was going to happen. They're going to blame it on the greedy landlords. Hmm, Okay, well, the judge in the DC district court gave the Biden administration until 9am Friday to respond to the emergency motion. The motion asked the court to vacate its May 14th order, which allowed the government to continue enforcing the eviction moratorium despite the fact the court said it was, you got it, illegal. If the stay pending appeal is vacated, then the eviction moratorium will no longer be in effect. Man, this is so up and down. The case could have quickly escalate to the DC Court of Appeals or the Supreme Court, no matter the outcome at the district court. But it's all going to take some time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. On Thursday, Pitagar told host Neil Cavado that this is the seventh time this eviction moratorium has been extended, and we are really starting to see an erosion of the nation's rental housing stock, especially with the mom and pop operators that have single family homes. And, you know, people outside of real estate are just like, ah, keep all the tenants in because we don't want the Rona to spread. It's like, okay, yeah, but you signed a contract and you're not making payments. And there's a lot of instances of people just choosing, they couldn't make their payments, but they're just choosing not to because there's a an eviction moratorium in place. It's, it's kind of like homeless people in Seattle just acting wild and crazy because they, they know there's no repercussions for their, for their actions. We had a deal. Mercer Street in Seattle. I'm going to go on a side tangent here. Deal on Mercer Street in Seattle. Mercer and I think Fairview. A young couple with a two-year-old kid had their house broken into. A bunch of stuff got ripped off. They somehow figured out that 
their ripped off stuff is in a homeless encampment. And so they went and they got back a Bluetooth speaker and a pair of shoes. They got it back and the, a crowd of homeless, crazy people started smashing their car, one with a machete. And so the, and these people had a two-year-old strapped into a car seat in the car. They took off because they didn't want to have their car or themselves, you know, killed by this angry mob. They took off, they hit a homeless person, killed them. That's literally what's going on in Seattle because there are, there are no repercussions for the law. There's just none. No, we just do whatever we want. So here we go. Well, we're just going to extend out this moratorium. We're just going to kind of do whatever we want and we'll see how this goes. And I get it. We don't want to kick a whole bunch of people to the curb. But at some point in time, these moratoriums have to be lifted. And the sooner the better, because then you can kind of start to get back to normal. And the whole one-sidedness of this has been just crazy. Since when do you have one class, the owners, just making payments for everybody in the, in the system? How does that happen? When does that happen? Why does that happen? It's just nuts. Well, there's federal money out there for them. Well, put it in their pockets. According to a new survey from the National Multifamily Housing Council, 100% of apartment owners and managers surveyed worked with residents faced with financial hardships during the COVID-19 pandemic. That's because we shut down the economy. Yeah, we did. Hmm, maybe we should, maybe we should look into you know, if that's a good idea down the road. On Thursday, Pinnegar pointed to data from another survey from the National Rental Homeless Council, a Washington, D.C.-based trade advocacy group. The February survey of 1,000 small landlords owning between one and three single-family homes, so one to three, showed about 23% of such owners plan to sell at least one property due to hardships caused by the eviction ban. They're getting out. They're saying enough. Don't care what the government says I can and can't do with, with this property. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to take my cold hard cash and I'm going to move to Florida or wherever you move to these days that you have more freedom. Texas, Texas is too hot. Sorry, people in Texas. It's just too damn hot there. So if we lose that 36% of the nation's rental housing stock, we're in desperate trouble, Pentagon warned. That is the erosion of the backbone of housing rental stock. That's the erosion right there. Even if you have 10% of the nation's rental housing stock, we've already got a shortage. Ten, you take 10% off, there's that constriction. Ooh, you're going to see those prices get squeezed upward hard. On Thursday, a coalition of housing groups led by the Alabama Association of Realtors also filed a lawsuit in federal court in Washington, D.C., challenging the latest eviction moratorium, calling the Biden administration's action nakedly political and unlawful. Nakedly political. I agree with that. This is a politics stunt, wasn't it? You got some joker sleeping on the the uh, Capitol steps. Oh, it's cold out here. Well, yeah, sometimes it gets cold outside. Yeah. Last month, the Treasury Department announced that state and local office officials doled out just $33 billion in aid over the course of the first half of the year, or roughly 6.6% of the $45 billion program intended to keep millions of renters in their homes. In total, it has provided relief to a fraction of the 1.2 million households that have reported being very likely to face eviction in the next two months, the department said in a news release. Okay, is that the landlord's problem? No. 
Pinnegar argued that there is simply not enough money that Congress is authorized to alleviate the dire situation. He told Cavuto that in reality, the total rent debts is nearly double what has been authorized already. And unfortunately, the system was put together in a very decentralized system without standards or measures that renters can be successful. There's an imminent need for more aid. All right. Yep. And in the meantime, you've got this Mexican standoff, right? All right, we're going to jump to Wall Street Journal. And we're going to talk about the actual squeeze. This week's revival of the national eviction ban is sending landlords scrambling again to pay their debts just when they thought they would be able to begin evicting tenants who are not paying rent. The CDC uh, enacted the eviction ban last September. We all know that nonsense. The government took a firm stance there would be an end to the ban until there wasn't. Now there's no faith, no faith whatsoever. All right, you said it's going to end. You said it's going to get sunsetted. And then you did this little monkey move. And it's like, what? What what are you doing? The White House let the ban expire over the weekend, but it reversed course on Tuesday, issuing a 60-day extension. Nobody believes, they've lost all credibility. Government's lost all credibility. We don't believe you. We don't believe you. So we're going to skip to many landlords say they, they have no wish to keep renting to tenants who have repeatedly shown them that they cannot pay. That sentiment has sometimes been a barrier in administrating pandemic rental aid. Program rules often require landlords who accept rent aid, even in partial sums, to forego evictions for a set period. Many property owners don't want to keep tenants with a history of not paying. You signed a contract, figure it out, pandemic or not, because the landlords have been doing that for a year. They've been doing that for a year. So... Here we are. Retired couple Rebecca and John Faulkner own a rental home in Western New York, where they say they are owed more than 13000 in unpaid rent, dating back to March of 2020. Their tenant has refused their pleas to pay and installed a private property, no trespassing sign in the front window of the house, Miss Faulkner said. This is kind of what we're talking about. We're not talking about somebody who's been down on their luck, you know, right at the beginning of the pandemic can't get a job. Well, there's a labor shortage going on, folks. If you can't get a job right now, you are simply not trying hard enough. That's kind of the bottom line here, right? You can get a job. But once the eviction ban is over, the Faulkners don't expect to recover the money they have lost. We can sue him, take him to court, but you're not going to get blood out of a turnip, Ms. Faulkner said. The tenant wasn't reachable for comment. Would you like to comment on you're not paying for XYZ period of time? Uh, pass. Some property owners say the federal moratorium gives more power to delinquent tenants than local protections do. Brittany and Eugene Kozlenko rented out their Connecticut home for two years while Mr. Kozlenko uh, took an engineering job on the West Coast. They plan to return home in July of 2020. Their tenants stopped paying rent in April of that year and has refused to leave at the end of the lease. They said the Kozlenkos say the tenant now owes them approximately $50,000 in back rent. I think a lot of land, here's what's going to happen. A lot of landlords know that they're not going to get their money back. They're just going to be happy to finally be able to a kick to kick these deadbeats out. That's what's going to happen. A Connecticut state eviction moratorium initially made an exception for landlords returning to their primary residence, but the federal moratorium doesn't. 
The couple say they have to spend the past, they've spent the last year living with their three children at a relative's house 40 minutes away in New York. Lay Todd, the Kozlinski's tenant, said she is suffering from long-term effects of the coronavirus and has been unable to find a new place to live while dealing with health issues. She said she, said she was approved for rental assistance last year, but was awaiting required paperwork from the Kozlenkos. All I want to do is get out, Miss Todd said. All right, you got a landlord that's owed 50 grand and she's waiting for paperwork from said landlord? I don't believe that for a second. Let's be truthful. I can't lie. Don't you love it when people say that? Oh, I can't lie because you're just so virtuous all the time. That you can't lie. Wait a minute. Uh, that means you probably do lie. She's waiting for paperwork from the Kozlenkos. What paperwork is that? Because if you're owed 50 grand and they have the opportunity to get you out, guaranteed they show up with that said paperwork on the spot. The Kozlenkos, oh, shockingly, dispute her claim that she was applying for assistance and waiting for documentation from them. This was always a two-year lease, and yet we're, yet we're fighting to get back in, and it's been over a year, Ms. Kozlenko said. People are gaming the system. They are totally gaming the system. Even with the eviction ban, some landlords have successfully removed tenants because there's usually a couple, depends on what jurisdiction you're in, there's usually a couple of ways that you can get tenants out. One is to say you're selling the place. Two is to say, hey, you're moving back in. Many courts continue to allow landlords to file eviction papers, which housing lawyers say is often enough to make tenants move out on their own. Landlords in some places have also challenged tenants' claims to financial hardship in court. In most places, landlords can still evict tenants for lease violations, such as illegal or dangerous behavior. Maybe they're impacting tenants in uh, you know, an another rental or another home next door, something like that. Sometimes you can get them out. Sheriff Roy Lidicott of Broward County, Florida, home to Fort Lauderdale, said there have been close to 4,000 evictions of that type in his county already this year, booting people out for stuff that's illegal or dangerous behavior. Meanwhile, millions of renters are behind in their rent payments, according to Census Bureau surveys. Some have already been told by their landlords or courts that they will be evicted as soon as the, the ban ends. I'm scheduled to go to court to find out my fate, said Shanta Matthews, a renter in Charleston, South Carolina. Here's the thing. You signed a contract. If you don't pay rent, you violated your contract. You got to figure it out. These eviction moratoriums need to stop. The extending them out need to stop. And here's another thing I always, I continuously go back to that people, I just, I don't hear people talking about is the fact that there's always evictions going on in any market. There's never a time where there's just no evictions. So you're going to see some evictions. And in a large part, it's because landlords haven't been able to kick out non-paying tenants, which is what you do when somebody's using your property and they sign a contract. And in the contract, it says you will be evicted if you don't pay rent. That's what a contract is for. So there's going to be some evictions. They're going to be front page news. Poor people got kicked out. All right. I don't want to see anybody kicked to the curb. But also, I think it's important to recognize landlords need to be able to do what they want with their property. It's their property at the end of the day. And if somebody signs a contract, and they don't pay rent. That's just kind of how this goes. We were told with the rollout of the vaccine that, you know, that would slow down the spread of the coronavirus. I, I believe that's the, 
the rationale there. So we've got the vaccine out there, and yet we're still worried about tenants who have the opportunity to get the vaccine and you see, you see where I'm going with that? I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Now, this was a political deal. This was a total political deal. And um, we'll have to see how this ends up in court because it's in court already. This always gets challenged by the court. And the court says, yeah, no, you don't have any right to do that. But it takes a while. I don't have any faith that the government will get the $46 billion and the extra $26 billion that we're being sued for into the hands of anybody. They're, they're going to slowly leak out this money because there's just no real system to put it out. It's decentralized. It's not like the SBA money or the money, the PPP money that went through the SBA into the hands of business owners. It's not like that. You don't have a system like that for landlords. So that's why it's taken as long as it is. And um, yeah, this will be an interesting one to follow. See what the court says. I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of inclined where they go, yeah, we already said this once. I mean, go check out our ruling over here. Hey, yeah, we didn't find it legal then or didn't have the right to do the, the eviction moratorium then. Nothing different has changed. Nothing's changed. We're going to go with that again. You're going to have to go through the process to get there. That's the, that's the sucky part of this, right? All right, that's where we sit. Eviction ban number 946 and counting in place. Crazy, right? All right, that's it for me on this one. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. I will catch up with you again. Until then, stay safe. We'll talk soon. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.